Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the latest episode of Box Office Bootleg. I'm your co-host, Robert. And I'm your co-host, Reggie. Welcome, everybody. Absolutely. So, uh, this one's going to be another just a quick, uh, old-school kind of podcast, just going over through the releases of the weekend. And, of course, the most prevalent one, especially for um, people of our respective millennial age, is the release of Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Reggie, when did you see it? I saw Detective Pikachu on Friday, um, like after work. Cool, cool. Um, I I was able to see it uh, with my fiancé and her brother. Uh, You know, really cool thing is that uh, one of her brother's earliest memories is going to Pokemon the movie 2000. Respectfully. So, uh, yeah, uh, Pokemon Detective Pikachu did uh, pretty damn good over Mm. the weekend. It didn't get the number one spot from Avengers Endgame, which is still just plowing and chugging along. Uh, Currently, Avengers Endgame is at that sweet 2.48 billion at the moment. And it's currently the third highest grossing domestic film of all time. No, fourth. No, no, it's the second. Second already? Like if you're talking about like domestic, oh, second. you're right. It is second. Yeah, so it, it yeah. got the second from Titanic. It got it from no, uh, no, Avatar. No, second one was from uh, whoever's was in seven hundred. I think it was Black Panther. Well, Black Panther was right at seven hundred, so it is right past that. Yeah. I believe that it's about to go past Avatar domestically so i still think that it's at number three. Oh yeah that's right avatar yeah yeah number, avatar was number two just gonna check the double, yep it's at number three respectively yeah. at uh 723.7 million mm-hmm. and it has to get over 760.5 million to be able to beat avatar and keep in mind avatar did have some extended re-releases respectively to kind of help it out not like major ones, like really old school movies were able to have, but yep, yeah. it's at that number three. It's for sure going to get over Avatar. So it is going to get that number two spot, but yeah. the likelihood of it being able to get to Force Awakens, which had a gross of 936.6 million, just, I don't think it's in the cards. No, it will, like, it will probably stay, stay in the 800s. Yeah. If yeah. it all said and done. Yeah. It, it's going to get close enough to where Disney is definitely going to, you know, give it a little little nudge. little nudge. Because mm-hmm. one thing that's kind of fascinating when you look at Disney as a company is that it really, really enjoys those box office milestones. It likes a film being able to get just over <laughs> 200 mil. It likes it getting over just over 300 million. Mm-hmm. Like the most notable example that I can think of is Ratatouille. Where Ratatouille, they re-released Labor Day weekend because it was at like 199.3 million. Just so, so close. And th- that was a film that was a definite slow burner because, you know, not everybody was going to go see a movie about a rat in the kitchen. Yeah. Even though it's one of my favorite animated movies, period. But yeah, it was able to get right to that. So Disney just gave it a little, little push. Just a little push. So, for sure, with Avengers Endgame, like, if it gets close to 800, which it probably... I'm a pick that if it doesn't get there Memorial Day specifically, it's for sure probably going to get, like, you know, probably, like, a complimentary re-expansion in the theaters when Spider-Man Far From Home comes out. Mm-hmm. Which I think so. 
But anywho, uh, back to the big release of the weekend. I, uh, I was able to get my cards. Reggie was not. Um, but it definitely went to that part of our nostalgia brain. So, uh, yeah, ended up with, uh, let's see, how much did it end up with? We ended up with like 62. Or no, no, no. It ended up with uh, 54.3 oh. million, which, okay, me and Reggie were probably being a little overzealous. We probably didn't account for the fact that like there was probably hesitation because so many of us have been burned by video game adaptations in the past. <laughs> see, see, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it back, uh, put it past that. It's just, um, like it's it's just one of those it's it's just um like I think it's just a feeling that it may fall under that kids category where it like it'd be like it'd be too cute or or it'd be like too much pandering to little kids, kind of mm-hmm. like what people were like kind of like what you got with like Angry Birds or um, Angry Birds or even or even like the Chipbox movies where you do these hybrid movies. Now here's a counter to here's a counter to that because there's some interesting demographics yeah. when you break down the age groups. Fifty one percent of the audience was eighteen and over. In fact, the dominant age group for this film was between the ages of twenty five and forty. Yeah. You know? Duh. However, your hesitation, what you're talking about, is like maybe that there was an inherent embarrassment with certain other millennials or folks like that that weren't like immediately obligated to go to a movie that they think is more geared towards kids. Well, no, it's it's just that, again, like, again, it's one of those things where, where, um, where like the trailers like when I saw the trailers like the trailers like were pretty cool like I thought you know it might be a fun movie the trailers and the marketing is definitely yeah. it was geared towards our age group like it's gearing yeah. towards you know the people that remember going to see the first Pokemon movie that yeah. remember the Burger King toys that ended up choking two kids to death so they had to recall the Pokeballs <laughs> like it it, it it was directly for us. Yeah. Especially because when you look at like the Pokemon that were prominently mm. featured in this one, it was in that specific, you know, first gen, yeah, second gen. gen ones. Like you get some guys that were from like um, you know, more recent generations, but for the yeah. most part, it it did keep it pretty much red and blue outside of like certain characters like Snubbull, who is a gold and silver type. Yeah. Um but yeah, yeah. Like, so Snubble, um what other uh remember what were the other uh No go not only gold and silver, but remember he was he yeah. was one of the Pokemon that was introduced in the first Pokemon movie. Like remember that was the whole like cool thing where it's like the hyped up thing if you went to see the movie oh, yeah. is that you it, saw no, like no, was, some of the it was, new it was, Pokemon. It was uh Pikachu's vacation. <laughs> yeah. That was no, that again. It was like one of those things where where they pissed off a lot of parents. Uh, well, because it gave them the impression where it's like you're sending me to this like bullshit Care Bear shit. But the, but again, <laughs> there's no subtitles, so it's like you go, you know, you you have a conversation with her. Schnabel, Schnabel, Pika, Pika, Schnabel. It's like what the fuck am I watching? Pretty much the worst impression that like a parent could have about the franchise is what po- Pokemon Vacation was. Yeah. But then 
the actual movie happened where it's like, oh, it's kind of dark. Oh, it's like the main character straight up dies. And it's like, oh, this actually like weirdly poignant statements being made by Mewtwo and <laughs> these characters yeah. where it's like, oh, this is this is weirdly heavy for a kid's flick. This is interesting. Or like the fact that the Pokemon would like actually like hurt each other, which in the series, it would always be like, you know, any type of like budget anime is going to yeah. be like, the same like looping animation where yeah. it's like yeah where it off hands mm. like and you see it off screen but this one it's like you actually saw like oh they're actually like biting each other they're yeah. actually like hitting each other and that was already kind of like jarring in the first place and uh yeah so the yeah. the movie was definitely gearing itself more towards us because i feel mm. like and w- what i think will probably help out with the next Pokemon movie is that I think now they probably feel confident that they can do like a more strictly adventure type film. <laughs> no, uh, like one of the things that uh, I joked with my sister uh, was, was it'd be the funniest thing if, if like with, uh, with the, this Pokemon movie, like, instead of, like, because, like, how parents nowadays is like, how can you send your 12-year-old kid, you know, in the wilderness and, like, you know, catching monsters and fighting in gyms? So, it's like, okay, why don't we just Dad, have... Dad, I'm old enough to make my own decisions. <laughs> I'm 10. God! No, that's what I'm saying. It's like, well, why don't we just have, you know, like, okay, like, like a Pokemon trainer with, like, an adult, like, you know, like, like an adult trainer to, like, help them along the way. And I was thinking of a time jump where... Where you have this like kid like in Pallet Town wanted to do like like want to go on this uh, adventure and he ends up with drunk Ash like he's thirty years old living in his mom's house nah. like he never got like never got nah. got it over it nah not not in the first movie that you're trying to do to like sell this universe and everything and I guess now like we like now, I mean I mean like it was just, we were just like straight up joking where. Where it's like, okay, like we need the greatest trainer, and like you have Ash like being all <laughs> like Jade is like, I'm not training anymore. Yeah, um, and I guess in in which case we could go ahead to talking about the flick. Uh, what you think about it? Like I like the movie; it was cute, but it would have been better if they just stuck to the detective stuff. Like that was the best part of the movie, where. Where I would rather see like a buddy cop movie with this kid and his Pikachu, like just solving, you know, solving random cases and then eventually working their way towards like what happened to his, like, fa- like the mystery of his father. Right, right. Well, um, it is cute. I did like elements about it. The, the thing that I appreciated the most about the movie is that the way that it approached the world building for, for Pokemon and everything, right? Yeah. Because, the whole thing that I've always felt with Pokemon is that Pokemon only works when you don't ask too many questions about the universe, right? Where right. at a certain point, you know, if you think too much about like, how does this society actually work? Like one of the big fundamentals that you always ask yourself, what do they eat in this universe? Like, it's do like, they, do they're, they're, they're like animals. It's, 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 no, 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 no. You say that, but so you're saying they do eat 
Pokemon in the Pokemon universe. Ha- have they? Like, that's what that's, I mean. That, this is this is exactly what I mean. It's like because in weird in weird scenes, like but, but, fish, regular fish, yeah. does exist in the Pokemon universe. Yeah. That's been established. So like Magikarp is a Pokemon, but there's regular fish that aren't a Pokemon. Yeah. So you have to think, what do the people eat? What do the Pokemon eat? Do Pokemon <laughs> eat other Pokemon? That's what I mean. The moment that you start asking too many questions, yes, it's going to collapse. However, the thing that the people behind Pokemon, the Pokemon company, make sure to do is that like it, it, it actually does a lot of things to where like it avoids it but not in a frustrated way where it's like you just kind of accept it for what again, it is it's like it's like okay so if you don't figure out how pokemon eat would that take you out of the movie what? it's like are these pokemon's cannibals i need to know damn it no zero what, stars no what what Ding. what i'm saying is is that pokemon the franchise has been able yeah. to work is that it does just enough to be able to like make you excited about this universe but doesn't present too many elements to where you start asking questions like this like when you play a pokemon game you just accept the fact that like pokemon can just subsist themselves on like puffins you could just feed them puffins you could just feed them potions and that's and that's it you know and you just accept it and, and I and the fact that the movie does, for the most part, it 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 just presents the fact that it's like, hey, these are Pokemon. Pokemon live with humans. Yeah, and it it, it has confidence enough in the fact that a person is going to go into this movie, and it has enough confidence that you're just going to be able to accept the way that this universe works right off the get go. Like it has a confidence, and it was something that. I, it, the movie that I thought about the most mm. with the approach was definitely Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah. Well, like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, you know, just kind of like lays it out there for you where it's like, hey, humans and cartoons that coexist. Cartoons live in Toonville. They, you know, film in Hollywood. Yeah. That's just how the universe works. And it's like with Who Framed Roger Rabbit, you're going to ask like if if it presented too much information, you would ask, you know, wait. So, wait, where do these tunes come from? Blah, 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 blah. Like, a film that's a great example of taking a concept to where you do ask those questions and it ends up completely, like, undermining it was what happened with Cool World. Like, Cool World is an example of, like, going uh, too far. Are you kidding me, dude? What I'm saying is that... I know, but, but again, it was just one of those movies where they were just making shit of us that were going along. I mean, like... Like, like for example, like for Holly to get out of, like for Holly to get into real world, she has to have sex with the dude, like, like with the with the real human. It's the the but, big... but then but then the movie starts off with Brad Pitt like somehow transported into this universe. It's well, that's what I mean. That's a it's a good it's a good way to show an example about like Cool World presents those things, and then you start asking way too many extra questions. While Who Framed Roger Rabbit, you know, presented just enough mm. to be able to establish how the world is and also just made you go along with it to where, like, you don't ask these kind of questions. But yeah, just, uh, that was the first movie that I kept thinking about with it. Mm. It's just, 
my main issue with the film is that what helped on Who Framed Roger Rabbit is that the actual like mystery and the detective work was like rock solid, super tight. Yeah. Uh, the whole cool fact that it actually has like a historical precedent where it's like uh, you, you had these different people buying up the rails to be able to cram through a freeway and a highway, which is like based in like actual, yeah, you know, like, an actual like, conspiracy that happened in L.A. Well, it's it, a whole it, reason it, why we got rid of rails. <laughs> we had a rail system in this fucking city in the 30s and 40s. It was like one of the wonders of the West Coast. Yeah. And yeah, the the car industry pretty much tore it, tore the pieces. Yeah, bought it up, sold it out. So, uh, so imagine Judge Doom actually winning. Yeah. And that's b- pretty much what happened. So you got that cool element. Yeah. Yeah. And with this one, you know, love the world building. Mm-hmm. Um, I would die for Pikachu. Pikachu is Pikachu is so fluffy and caffeinated, <laughs> and you just want to just hug the crap out of him. Yeah, it's just the actual mystery at the core of it, and especially what's revealed to be the main motivation for the villain and all of the oh. elements. And well, it, this is a little spoilage, like, so just wait, giving wait, you a spoiler wait, wait, wait. head up again. Um, oh, well, pretty okay, well, bizarre. Hold on, hold on. Very bizarre. Uh, hold on. So, just to give our, you know, our listeners and our sponsors, whoever whoever's listening to this, mm-hmm. a chance to skip ahead. Uh, what would you rate this movie? Hmm? Well, what rating would you give it? I'm leaning to a six, but not the most confident six mm-hmm. when I think about it. Like me, I'm like around six five to seven, like pretty much. Okay. Like okay. what again? Like what? What? What really got me was like the first. Like I really enjoyed the first like ha- like half of the movie. And Once like, we get into Rhyme City is yeah. when it just really kicks up because yeah. it it's kind of shaky in those first five minutes where like right off the bat it's yeah. not spoiling anything but like right off the bat we see Mewtwo is- escape the facility, yeah. um, hit the car. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the car with the main character's dad. Yeah. And then we cut to the main character. Uh, what's his name? Henry? Goodman? It's... Like, I know Henry Goodman's the dad. Yeah. I'm just trying to be... Uh, Justice Smith. The yeah, actor who played him. Yeah. yeah. We see Justin Smith with his friend, you know, trying to, like, build back his confidence. There's a Q-bone in the yeah. uh, field. We just see that, like, the Pokemon exists, which is cute. Um... And it's like a way to like boost Justin Smith's confidence because he seems like really hesitant to just have like anything to do with Pokemon. And there's shenanigans that occur where like he tries to catch it. um, It breaks out of the Pokeball ends Mm -hmm. up throwing a bone at its head. Yeah. And then we get like back into the main town where it's like he's like really excited to be an insurance salesman. (laughs) And there's lying from his friend basically saying... Almost all of us are leaving. I'm about to leave too to be a trainer. Mm. So there's initially, I thought the direction that the movie was going to go. And this is what I mean about like, it was on the verge of asking one too many questions about the universe where it's like, wait a minute, what do people do that have nothing to do with Pokemon? Right? Like, yeah. like what happens with the what happens with the kind of person that isn't able to be a Pokemon I mean, trainer? So they just have to like y- you were making a crack about like a 
uh, drunk disenfranchised Ash. Yeah, that would just well, make. Him well, I mean, I mean, again, he wanted to be this like this awesome punk about Trader, and yeah. he and, like he hasn't won anything. Oh, like the yeah. who's the the only deadbeat character that I could think about in the Pokemon franchise is like Brock's dad. Well, like, yeah. Brock's dad was yeah. that kind of dude where it's like, he ended up having, like, fucking 13 kids, yeah. goes off to be a Pokemon trainer, I guess, and just is a complete, utter failure, but I don't think they've ever, like, really shown that aspect of the universe where it's like, well, what happens to people that have, like, nothing to do with it? You know? I mean, they get no more day jobs. I mean, it's just one of those, it's just one of those things where, where, like, if you're going to do this, like if you're going to like make a movie or do anything set in this world, like you pretty much have to follow the Pokemon trainers because that's the point. Because like everyone else, like everyone else is just like you know just doing their own thing. Well, in the games though, everybody else still has Pokemon. The fishermen have Pokemon. The swimmers have Pokemon. The bug catchers have Pokemon. The yeah, I mean, Pokemon. I mean, like they're they're like pets. I mean, like again, it's like if you're not a trainer, then you might have a Pokemon as a pet. Exactly, or like, or uh, freaking Ash's mom uh, yeah. has a Mister Mime. Mime. Yeah, Mister Mime that, like, like helps. I her. mean, like what Mister Mime is doing while like Ash is out as with Ash is like out and about. Yeah. Well, no, Professor Oak. Come on. The series. <laughs> oh, the, the series has <laughs> even implied where it's like <laughs> Professor Oak is just being like, "Well, Ash, you can you can get yeah, out of here." The, the, prof- uh, the professor that forgets his grandson's name, but. Doesn't forget, like, doesn't, doesn't forget that ass. Doesn't forget uh, the one single, the, the one only <laughs> single woman in a village that literally has three buildings. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I, I can't attest to how good of a, a compatible woman, the two, compatible couple that the two of them are. But, you know, just Ash, like- Ash is Ash, Ash is Again, oblivious to this stuff. It's, it's a whole nother thing. So moving on. Uh, yeah, just th- I, I had a shaky feeling just mm-hmm. with that, because, again, you don't want to ask too many questions about Pokemon, but also just it's straight up just showing you. Oh, crap. Mewtwo, like that whole storyline is yeah. like the huge crutch about this whole mystery. But you immediately show that, oh, they actually are showing that Mewtwo is either created or I'll I'll bring it up a little later but there's also a little bit of an implication about what the timeline is for the story in respect to the timeline of the games themselves but we'll we'll get to that at a later mm-hmm. point but the moment that uh Justin Smith's character arrives in Rhyme City the whole premise about Rhyme City is that hey it, it's a city where pokemon and humans coexist the Pokemon aren't in a ball. There's not supposed to be, you know, fighting or anything like that. Yeah. They just coexist. They're just yeah. walking around. They're employees. Yeah. They, you, you see all the cute birds. You see all the different Pokemon just yeah. chilling out along the buildings. Then you want to like ask questions. Well, who's going to clean up all the uh, the mess they're going to make? Um, the other Pokemon, Reg. There's a Pokemon that's a literal pile of trash. Like, I'm trying to think of what that one is, but, but there's I didn't a Pokemon see it. that's a literal thing, so I'm sure that that Pokemon probably just eats mm. all the garbage, right? Um, uh-huh. Yeah, so you, yeah. You, just, you just accept it. 
you just accept it, right? Right. Like you saw the same thing in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, where it's like, hey, some but, of the cartoons would be bartenders. Some of them would help with traffic. Some of them would just but, work on construction. But, but here's the thing. We understand, like, these cartoons are humanoid characters, like, doing, you know, doing human things. So we don't question them much. Yeah. But, but again, it's like, but again... But again, you know, the people that are most likely going to question these things are people that are not familiar with Pokemon. Exactly. Exactly. And the sustainability of the Pokemon franchise is that they're, they've actually been very careful about how they construct these worlds. Where, it, you know, what's funny is that uh, one of the games I'm trying to think, it, it wasn't Diamond and Pearl, it was Black and White, where the bad guy. The whole plot that the whole motivation that the villain had mm-hmm. in black and white was he he called out the whole relationship between Pokemon and humans where it's like Pokemon are basically enslaved by humans. I want to just completely break that crap and yeah. I will literally use like a god of time and space to be able to fracture <laughs> the relationship um, between humans and Pokemon to be able to accomplish it. So. But I mean, like, look, like, we're, like, since the age of twelve, we're used to the like, we're used to the glorification of cockfighting, which is Pokemon. But see, again, Pokemon Company makes sure to just imply just enough. <laughs> and I saw a really fascinating video by uh, it, it, it's a page called Twenty Four Frames Plus, yeah, where it, it's a it's a YouTube channel that analyzes the animation techniques used by different video games, uh, where all it'll analyze like something like Overwatch. Yeah. You know, it'll point out like the cool thing with Overwatch is what uh, uh geez, Blizzard actually does when the characters move mm-hmm. is that it actually incorporates some animation techniques like squash and stretch where it's mm-hmm. like they'll exaggerate, you know, the arm movements where it's like if you took another 3D camera and actually saw how the characters were proportioned, it would look a little weird. Mm-hmm. However, within the framing of the shots and everything, it works and it makes them almost more Pixar-like. You mm-hmm. know, it, it's a really cool analysis of that. And they did a recent one for the Pokemon series, right? Yeah. Where it's like, you know, the Pokemon series until the recent generations or two, for the most part, stuck with 2D sprites. Yeah. And it, it brought up a really excellent point where it's like, you know... Yeah, it's kind of crazy that we're only getting a true current generation Pokemon adventure game this fall. Like, Sword and Shield are actually going to be like the first actual new adventure title for a current generation Nintendo console. As opposed to just being kept strictly to Game Boys, Game Boy Advances, Mm DSs, 3DSs. But it brought up a really cool point where... It, it does just enough with the animation, right? Right. Where it doesn't make it seem violent, right? Because I mean, that that is the whole thing that people think with Pokemon, where but, it is essentially cockfighting. It is dogfighting. However, yeah, but, 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 they like, restrict but, the animation. But I mean, they've been doing this since Pokemon Stadium. So it's like they know they already know how to do it. Right. Well, look at Pokemon Stadium. What? Well, Pokemon Stadium, uh, the video itself, and... I apologize. Their neighbors turn on and off their car <laughs> this entire yeah. session. So I apologize that uh, we aren't able to cut this part out. But um, 
Yeah, well, Pokemon Stadium, it actually kind of called out where the animation that it did in the Pokemon Stadium series were kind of on the cheaper side, mm-hmm. right? While in the 2D animation, it's a case where it limits it in a way where, like, you don't think that the Pokemon are actually being hurt. Like, you never get the impression that the Pokemon are in pain during yeah. a battle. And by limiting the animation, right, you as a game player never really get the impression that, like, oh, God. Like, like for example, in another video game with creatures or something, you know, mm-hmm. you now you can include, like, oh, the creature looks like it's hurt mm-hmm. or something, right? Yeah. And Pokemon has never done that because the moment that it would introduce that element to the universe, mm. now you, now, again, you don't want to ask too many questions about the universe because the moment that you introduce certain elements, it is going to force you to call into question about it. And this movie does that too. It shows battles, it shows, you know, back and forth and everything, but it's... you never get the impression that, like, the, the creatures are really hurt. Except in one really adorable case, but we'll we'll get to that in a second. No, <laughs> like no, 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 no. They're, like it looks like 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 the uh, no, like in the middle of the movie, they do go to an underground Pokemon fight. So they mm-hmm. they did they do do some like damage because they did show the Charizard that had like a scar on his uh, face. Yeah, that that is like there <laughs> there are certain cases where like I feel yeah. like the film. Introducing those elements, it, it just makes you think for a split second, like, oh, you can actually scar Pokemon? I mean, like, again, it's it's all part of the design and aesthetic. And, like, and like and the type of, and I mean, like, it also helps, it helps, uh, like, uh, sells the scene. Mm-hmm. Seeing, like, you know, like, they're going to this grimy place. But before, <laughs> but before that scene... Like in or uh, they they got the tip of where this uh, like where they get uh, get these uh, chemicals where where like you know when you release in the um, in the air like any Pokemon that yeah. inhales it will go nuts like it like it loses its conscious and it just starts attacking. Yeah, that's the that's the whole thing that yeah. um, seeing when Justin Smith is yeah. told to like go into his uh, father's apartment to yeah. kind of just like collect his things and that's where he meets. Are Detective Pikachu, uh, who doesn't have any memories of who he is, mm-hmm. uh, is somehow able to have this psychic connection, respectively, with Justin Smith's character. Yeah, and um, I, I guess a funny thing with with the Detective Pikachu character himself is that he's actually not that he's not that great of a detective. <laughs> When you really break it down, which is kind of cute, it's like yeah. it's like a six year old pretending to be a detective, which that's, is I, which is honestly that, that's that's why I want to see more like trying to solve crimes or like trying to do a buddy cop movie with with the two because because like 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 the best like one of my favorite scenes is involving Mister Mine, like trying to get uh, like you know trying to get information out of him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um... Yeah, uh, another critique I kind of have about the flick that was kind of pointed out is that I think it's charming. It's a funny flick. A lot of the jokes are in the trailer, which is always a little bit of a bummer. Uh, There's a there's a few jokes that like you wish that they kind of like kept close to best. Right. Uh, But yeah, the 
it, it's it's a fun time. But, it's a fun little detective but even, thing. But, but even with like the joke that he showed with Mister Mime, like he doesn't yeah. even he doesn't even go further. Like how we extract the information. Like when he finally figured it out, it's like okay, I, like you know, Justin will go in, go into his like invisible box and start dousing him with like gasoline. Yeah, like, fake just- <laughs> miming the gasoline, right? And um, oh goodness gracious, excuse me. Yeah, I'm probably gonna still keep that in. Anywho, yeah. um, you know, one of the strong things that I I think helps out the film a lot too, theme wise. Yeah, is what it is that drives people to have this connection in the first place with Pokemon. Like that's an underlying theme. That's an underlying subtext where it's Mm. like, you you know, there's an implication that it's like, you can't just think of a Pokemon as a tool. You can't just think of them as that. It's that you feel it. Yeah. Like even in a case where it's like, where Justin Smith's character, if he didn't understand Pikachu, you still have to believe that a Pokemon understands who you mm. are. And that helps, it helps solidify what the appeal of Pokemon is in yeah. the first place. And also kind of like avoids that gray area conversation where it's like, you know, the excuse that the the explanation that Pokemon company has had mm. is that they don't, Pokemon don't see Pokemon battles as, battles or fighting for their life they mm-hmm. see it as sport right yeah not not the best reasoning <laughs> like that's kind of like that's I one mean, of those things where it's like what's that character from uh, do, do you know like the metal gear solid series that much uh yeah yeah well, I mean, okay. which, which, metal, gear, which one? metal gear solid well, five right five i haven't the played char- five but you know the character quiet right like that sniper gal that is just in a bikini and fishnets and everybody was just like really? side, side eye. Everybody kind of called out Hideo Kojima, where it's like, okay, okay, Kojima, why did you design her like this? And Hideo is like, well, the character Quiet is able to sense vibrations through her skin. So the more that her skin is exposed, the more that she's able to <laughs> sense vibrations from a mile, two miles out. And everybody was like, Really, Kojima? Really? I mean, you, you like, couldn't just you couldn't was, just say. Was, I mean, like like Sniper Wolf. I mean, like you know, there were five with Sniper Wolf, but you could. But, you, but I mean, like a sniper in a bikini. It's like you don't bullshit us. We know that you're trying to include some TNA with this and everything. And and with Pokemon Company, it's like okay, they see it as a sport, right? A right. sport to where they're able to hurt each other to the point that they faint. Right. Right. So again, flimsy, but again, with the world building, you can see what they're trying to like establish and build and all that stuff. I get it. I get it. Whatever. So, um, but, but but nonetheless, the the core theme about what the appeal is, you get it. You, you get why, people see an appeal with these creatures where it's like you know you you see a pokemon it's like it's it's a friend yeah you you have to see a pokemon as a friend Mm. because that's the whole crutch of it now what that actually leads to and we're getting into (laughs) super spoilage here is what is revealed with the third act and what the actual plan was which is frankly 
It was pretty weird. fucking bizarre. Now, it didn't help. Okay. okay. Hollywood, well, Hollywood, here's, Hollywood, here's, quick tangent. Quick tangent, quick tangent. Hang, 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 hang Well, I mean, like, here's my thing. It's like, since when did Mewtwo become Jesus? Like, like, like. They, Reggie Arceus is the literal Pokemon god. And Arceus does exist I in the film. Again, I haven't played like any of the recent uh, ones, but I know, okay. like, I know Mewtwo was like the most powerful Pokemon. But the, the but the stuff that he had him doing this movie, it's like really rich, rich, rich. There are Pokemon that have been introduced in the following generations, where it's like Arceus is literally implied to be one of the creators of the universe. Mm-hmm. There is a Pokemon that li- there were Pokemon that literally control time and space as a concept mm-hmm. they even literally uh garantina garantina is basically the devil in the pokemon universe like like they they literally have pokemon that control massive elements of how the universe itself and how dimensions and all that kind of crap like okay it, it gets into how many, okay okay how many games have you played dude um, the the last one that I was heavily invested in was Black and White. Oh, um, because again, you're talking to somebody who stopped at Gold and Silver. So, like, you so, didn't do no, I did Ruby and Sapphire no. or Diamond and Bar- Damn. No, Diamond okay. Emerald. Like, here's the thing: I have a younger sister that's really into this. As a matter mm-hmm. of fact, sometimes we call me time to time, talk about you know Pokemon stuff, or yeah. or she still plays Pokemon Go. But again, it's like I don't know what the fuck these Pokemon are. It's like if it's if it's beyond like like gold and silver, it's like okay. And see, and see, that was a huge, that was a hugely wide choice. Where okay, the marketing is appealing to somebody like you, somebody yeah. in the specific age group that was there right at the beginning of the Pokemon one. So, like you see the statue right of Arceus in. Uh, What's his face is office, you know, the okay, Hollywood, quick thing. If you're gonna do a twist, if you're gonna do a twist with somebody, don't hire Bill Nagy. No. Don't hire him. No, I'm I, already I, gonna assume or, that he's gonna do a heel turn the moment that I see his ass. No, it's like any old, like any old well-known British, actor. No, any well-known older British. No, 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 no. Like, uh, like for example, like when I was watching Rush Hour three, when they were like having like credits, <laughs> and he said, "And Max Valcida." I was like, "Well, I know who the bad guy is." Uh, Rush Hour three, Reggie also casted Roman Polanski as a police officer in France. Where the main joke with Roman Polanski is that he puts Chris Tucker through a cavity search, <laughs> and even winks at Chris Tucker. <laughs> Scenes from uh, we're we're gonna God do a Brett we're, we're, we're gonna do a podcast where it's just like scenes that have not aged whatsoever and was probably a bad idea at the time. Where a Brett but, Ratner directed film literally casted Roman Polanski, where the joke was cavity searching a grown man and even doing like a wink wink nudge nudge at yeah. the camera about but violating Chris Tucker's honestly, honestly like you throw in any like you know like if Christopher Lee was still still alive you cast him in one of your movies he's the bad guy it's like you can't you can't get beyond some of these stunt casting I know I know either you get like a good character actor that you wouldn't like you wouldn't suspect anything 
Or, okay, hello, Mr. Bad Guy. Cast, or they should have, or if they cast a Gwyneth Paltrow. I could totally buy Gwyneth Paltrow as, like, some woman that loves Pokemon so much. And Pokemon so much that she will put her conscience into a Mewtwo? And yes, folks, that that element, they introduce an element where uh, Bill Nigy's character, like, um, he, he's he's this guy that founded Rhyme City. He's uh, refined to a wheelchair. He yeah. reaches out to Justin Smith's character and the Pikachu, saying, like, your father's still alive. I need you to get to the bottom of what happened at this lab. Um, because mm. my son is, you know, resentful about the fact, you know, yeah. parallels about father-son issues mm-hmm. that this kind of film is trying to do, too. Yeah, um, another Hollywood movie dealing with daddy issues. Yeah, thanks, Katzenberg. And, uh, yeah, so we get to the lab. We th- There's one throwaway line um, where we, we get a moment where we feel like the dad might not be as, like, the moral good cop mm. as he was. Where... They make a reference to the Kento region, where Justin Smith's dad, right, the missing dad, yeah. was the one that was tasked with helping out with, quote-unquote, creating Mewtwo. Now, I don't think it's the case. I think, like, this Mewtwo that we see is, like, the newly created Mewtwo, respectively. I- However, by bringing up the Kento region, the first impression that I got is that, wait a minute. Is this the same Mewtwo from the first Pokemon movie? Like, are we actually referencing the fact that this is a Mewtwo that has just been roaming around? Somehow, uh, Henry Goodman yeah. was able to apprehend this Mewtwo. So we're actually kind of like referring to the fact that all of the adventures that Ash and them did and all of the conflicts with Team Rocket and all those guys yeah. happened in this universe. Now... Uh, I haven't looked, and I don't think that's the case, or that might have no, just been... No, it's just a throwaway... Throw, throw, sorry. A throwaway... A throwaway line. line. <laughs> what the hell's wrong with me? Oh, it's... it's yeah. Fine, Rich. I remember a time where, like, I no, forgot how to... I forgot how to... Um, there was a... My most embarrassing moment with an exam was how I forgot how to spell quiet. Huh. And I just had to spend 10 minutes just trying to think, how the fuck do you spell quiet? Uh-huh. Everybody has those brain farts. Yeah. But yeah, going uh, go with the Mewtwo well, thing. Where... I mean, like, with Mewtwo, like, with Mewtwo uh, like, I just, like, I just assume that probably, like, it's based on the video games. I'm assuming that they probably repurposed Mewtwo origin story into the video games to, like, to... Lead up to the second twist of the movie, where, where, uh, where Mewtwo has brain transference abilities, right? Where he is able to transport the psyche of a human into a Pokemon, right? Which is huge implications, yep. like Pokemon. Like, if you go over Pokemon descriptions, right? Yeah. There's definitely been, like, little seeds here and there where, like, there's definitely more of a correlation between humans and Pokemon. Yeah. Than just the fact that, like, Pokemon are just, like, by themselves. Like, for example, Ghost Pokemon in particular. Like, there's this Chandelier Pokemon, which is... No, it's the balloon one. There's a balloon ghost type. 
Pokemon, mm-hmm. which is implied to have the soul of children. Hmm. That that a lost soul of a child can become a Pokemon. And uh, Jinjar, right? Gengar. Jinjar, Gengar. Uh, Gengar Gengar. have known people have noticed that Gengar's character type right looks extremely like Clefairy and Clefable and there's always been a theory that uh, Gengar is a reincarnated ghost form of Clefairy like there's always been that but but then again it has to evolve from Ghastly and Haunter Right. Well, what it is is that the soul starts as that and then becomes like its true form where Mm -hmm. the shape just so happens to be that. So there's been little seeds here and there. And oh, you know what it is? The chandelier one? Yeah. Sometimes captures kids. If Hmm. there's lost children, there's a little character description with that one where it will literally (laughs) capture it. So mm. some of these characters, uh, some of the Pokemon descriptions, and the movie actually brings up some of these elements. Yeah. Like the whole thing with Psyduck, like the whole thing that Psyduck can just have like a psychic yeah. uh, thousand foot radius but, thing that is in his description. That <laughs> he could just do that. He could just have like a, you know, Jim yeah. Gray <laughs> pissed off the psychic explosion. But, but again, that's but that's all uh, like I know this is the Pokemon description, but... What I love about Psyduck is people that are familiar with the anime is like, you know, like anyone that had, like, like anyone remember Misty Psyduck, that was just a ticking time ball. It's like you're dealing with a Pokemon that's on the spectrum and it's like, if you just piss it off. I don't know why they made uh, Psyduck looks like he's on the spectrum and it's like, if you piss him off, like he goes raining on your ass and just like blows up, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Or everything. Or or, or like the... uh, or the car salesman <laughs> robot from Futurama, where if it gets too excited, it just blows up. Um, but but yeah, uh, my critique with Psyduck is that I wish that they they had him sound a little more squeaky, cuter sounding in the movie, mm-hmm. as opposed to like in the anime, where they just have him sound like a stressed out Gilbert Gottfried, which is like, Psyduck! Gah! Gah! Like, just constantly <laughs> feels like, Gah! Just like constantly frustrated. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, it would probably be better, but just this character design alone is just funny. Like, it's like every time we could cut to a side duck, like, like, like me and my sister, like, I took my sister to see it, we were just cracking up yeah. because it's like, like, this, that, like, just looking at the thing, it's like, yeah, it's about to go off. Yeah. It's like, just, but, just don't mess with it. But going back to the main plan, right? Yeah. Where Mewtwo has this element. And the whole, the, the whole crutch of what the bad guy wants to do, what Bill Nagy's character wants to do, yeah. is he wants to turn all humans <laughs> into Pokemon. Like, as he says, where it's like Pokemon have the ability to improve themselves. Now, the natural conclusion <laughs> is that the only better way to make human is to connect humans <laughs> and Pokemon together. So he puts his brain into Mewtwo, and Mewtwo just turns all the humans into Rye City to merge but, with their Pokemon. But here's the thing. But here's the thing. But to do that, they have to rip off the Joker's plan from Batman 89. Like, 
Oh yeah, where, they fill like, the balloons. They fill the balloons with chemicals that makes the Pokemon unruly, and in that state, he can transfer their minds. Yeah, yeah, like the 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 purple chemical that makes the Pokemon go crazy enables their minds to have a human's mind transfer into it. Yeah, on a mass scale. So yeah, that 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 that's the whole crunch of it, and yeah. it's like that. A really nutty, nutty, nutty kind of way to be able to do like your first Pokemon plot kind of thing, where it's like it's not like a Team Rocket thing, where it's like yeah. we're gonna capture the most powerful Pokemon, or yeah. or a lot of the goofier kind of like what the other teams in the mm. future games do, like yeah. in, in Ruby and Sapphire, what they want to do is like Team Sapphire wants to overrun the world with water and the other team ruby wants to like make the world into mm-hmm. like a hellscape and then you got like the people that want to control time and space you have people that want to literally capture the devil <laughs> They're, like nutty shit but it makes sense where it's like okay you gotta catch them all you gotta do all the yeah. you gotta do stuff that makes sense to a pokemon trader so introducing somebody that loves so Pokemon so much that they just want to turn everybody into a Pokemon is 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 pretty crazy to introduce in your first live action Pokemon yeah. movie. I mean, like that's what that's what I'm th- saying. It's like it's it's like okay, it's weird, but it's like it didn't like get me that all that excited. And like and then when you and then when the second reveal after you know like Pikachu saves the world comes to find out that. Pikachu. The reason why Pikachu talks is is uh, his He's dad. Dead. Like it's it's his dad. It dad's conscious in Pikachu. Yeah, Mewtwo transfers the conscious of Henry Goodman, Justin Smith's dad, into Detective Pikachu. Now that does bring not necessarily a plot hole, but I guess it does kind of imply how bad the relationship must have been between. Justin Smith and his father because the whole reason Justin Smith um, has this hesitation with mm-hmm. Pokemon and all this kind of stuff is because like there's a whole backstory where like his mom died and yeah. he kind of resented his dad for it so he kind of abandoned his dreams of being a Pokemon trainer having mm-hmm. anything to do with Pokemon as a career because Pokemon would just remind him of his relationship with his dad and him playing yeah. his dad for his mom's death and just not being there for I, too much honest, work. Like honestly, it would have been better if if it was like more grounded, where where like you start off with something like Team Rocket or some like or some type of villain, and just have you know just have like you know this like this weird relationship where the father you know he never got a chance to meet him because. The fact that, uh, like, I just like the idea of him just talking to Pikachu. Like, and Pikachu can talk to him with no reason, no rhyme or reason. Yes, just being, just a, a talking <laughs> wisecracking Pikachu that is actually not a good, because, oh my god. But, because even then, it's like, Friends, if, you watch, just, if you watch the anime, Meowth talks. I, and they never, and. Hey, there's a reason Meowth talks. It was him trying to, like, impress a girl Meowth, but then when he actually, like, went to the girl Meowth, he ended up, like, pushing her away because he spoke English. It, it, he basically ended up uh, just, like... Uh, Meowth completely. can still, like, learn how to talk English. Yes, yes. And also, I think there was, like, the anniversary movie that came out last year has a scene where, like... Like Pikachu, Pikachu talks. talks. 
too and ash. It, and it drives people nuts. Like, like, like there's like a clip that shows where the uh, where the audience is like, what? Yeah, it is. <laughs> I, I would be like, okay, what? It's like, because yeah. it's like however, <laughs> however, now I think like because it shows that like the dad is played by Ryan Reynolds, you know, because mm. you might as well. Which yeah. of course leads me to <laughs> my fan thing has always been Danny DeVito. Being the voice of Pikachu. <laughs> and I would love, like, the camera up. <laughs> Showing Danny DeVito. Like, the scene where it's like, Justin Smith is like, you know, he, he's gonna return home to be an insurance guy, but then, like, he turns around and it's like, can I just stick around in the city for a little bit, Dan? And it's like, you sure can, son. But, and but, I'm just imagining, but, like, a, a Frank Reynolds <laughs> fucking... Frank Reynolds just being like... Come here, son. You're going so big. It's, 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 it then turns into it's always sunny Philadelphia episode. Calvin, <laughs> might I give you an egg, my son? Come here, come here. Let me hold you. And then just walking off with like just this stout, tiny man with the fucking like big would have been so cute. So, well, so I, he, I, he, I, he, I get why I get why um, they probably went with Ryan Reynolds just for because if they were gonna do that scene, you had to make sure that you were like choosing somebody because if you but, went with my choice of Danny DeVito, that again, final scene would have been fucking hilarious. But again, I'll be fine if they didn't have that scene at all because I mean, like, still you could do more. Like, you wasted the opportunity to have more yeah. sequels with. Hit like with Justice Smith talk with a talking Pikachu. I mean, of course they're gonna make more Pokemon movies. They will uh, make more Pokemon, but now they have confidence that they can do something where okay, people believe in the world. We kind of have like an we had a way to just be able to establish where it's like okay, you guys would be willing to see this movie, right? And I think for the most part. I would like to see another movie in this universe, and mm. I'm sure now they have the confidence to do a red and blue adaptation, you know, or um, any of the respective ones. And I feel like if they went with a Team Rocket thing, obviously the first thing people are going to think is, where are Jesse and James? Or where's Giovanni? You know, and I, I'm surprised that they were actually hesitant in laying the little, because everything has to be a fucking cinematic universe like, nowadays. I mean, so I, I almost have to admire the fact that they, they didn't, didn't do... bother with that. Right. Right, so now they have confidence to just like show a trainer doing these Pokemon battles, and well, besides, it's like there's too many. I mean, like there's so many lands that you can visit with different types of Pokemon. Exactly, because uh, like there's like you know the Owen types, which is like set in a like set in a like a in universe a similar, yeah, similar to Hawaii one, and you yeah. got Sword and Shield that seems to be more of a British Isles yeah, theme, British one. Isles. Yeah, I mean, I I'm pretty sure if they do the adventure one, they are... They're not going to do Ash. They'll probably do, like, the Pokemon Origins series. That was more of a strict adaptation of uh, the Red and Blue specific mm. storyline. Well, like, well, that's what I'm saying, is if they want to incorporate Ash, uh, like, that, that... Honestly, if... Like, that would be, like, something I would do. Just, like, just to be funny, because... Uh, I, I because don't. just just have you know just have Ash you know like just be like this gruntled mentor uh, mentor and just helping this like you know this team last Jedi it up I don't know um, <laughs> no 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 come no. on 
the, the last of the traitors are over. Nah, I, I would I would keep it to where like if you kept it strictly to the red and blue mm. storyline, you could even do a cool thing where you follow another character with gold and silver, where you do that amazing final battle where it's like going against your former self is still like as a kid is still like one of those like really awesome video game the, moments. The, well, Golden Silver is like I could have sworn it was like you're going up against Ash. Well, Red. Because Red yeah, in yeah. Japan is Ash here and the mm. whole implication is that the last guy that you have to beat in Golden Silver is you from Red and Blue. Which is just like one of those like major mm. like oh my god this is so cool! In fact, I think to this day the Pikachu that Red has in Gold and Silver is still the highest leveled uh, Pokemon that you'll ever face in mm. uh, the mainstream Pokemon games, where it's like a level 84 Pikachu. Mm. That's still the highest ranked Pokemon that you're ever going to face in the game. Yeah. So it's just like a cool little reference where it's like, oh, of course, the most famous Pokemon in the series is, of course, probably going to be the most powerful at this point. Yeah. Like, even then, it's like, even then, like, the anime, like, I, the one thing I didn't like the anime so much is, is they just give it, like, give Pikachu, like, all these, like, incredible powers, and if you play the games, like, it's not that great. Uh, Jolteon, like, you can kick more ass with a Jolteon than you can do with Pikachu. It depends when you evolve Eevee into Jolteon. Um, and of course, we get into special. I, you know, one funny thing. Honest, honestly, you can whip Mewtwo with the Jolteon if you, as long as you get give him the uh, the uh, the bug uh, pin um, pinpoint or pin needle or whatever the uh, needle attack. Ooh, that's right, Jolteon can do that. You know, a cute little thing. A <laughs> uh, cute little thing, um, and it was pointed out by uh, my fiance's brother is that the moves were like moves that the characters could actually be able to do in fact the yeah. final headbutt move that pikachu does against mewtwo where it's like it does actually hurt mewtwo but mm. you notice that pikachu himself is hurt mm. and that's what the headboot move does in the video game where it's yeah. like yeah it does a lot of damage but you hurt your pokemon respectively and it's like yeah. i i see what you guys are doing i see what you guys are doing uh, again, but again, it's like what's cool is you you're dealing with filmmakers and and like the filmmakers and and uh, creative creatives that understand and like that really love the property because the fact that they reached down as much as they did to a Pokemon Company just to make sure that you know uh, these characters are the right size. Like one well, charming like, mean, like, thing they, is but that, I mean like but I mean like like they are licensed, so like you have to go to the Pokemon Company. You say license, but we've seen with video game adaptations, including but see, but a here's very a, but, specific but here's upcoming adaptation. See with Sonic the Hedgehog, like like Sega, Sega didn't have that much say. Like, I mean, like Sega is a shell of itself. Like that, that's the only thing they have. The the only the only credence that I can give to the movie studio is like okay you guys didn't know what to do with Sonic well guess what Sega kind of doesn't know what to do with him either it should tell you something that like the best Sonic game in the past twenty years Sonic Mania was basically a fan project you know with yeah. Christian Whitehead mm -hmm. being brought on to just be like hey you want to make your own Sonic game 
please, by all means, we have no fucking idea to do <laughs> what to do with these characters. We just came out with Sonic Boom. We're doing Sonic Forces, which you can create your own Sonic character. And I guess we're just completely oblivious to like the really bizarre deviant art community that Sonic oh, has. Is, is Uganda Knuckles making the appearance? Uh, so- <laughs> Uganda, sunk, uh, Uganda Knuckles showing up in the Sonic movie would be huge. Would be a huge improvement. I don't. I don't know. They do I'll not like, know the way. <laughs> they do not know the way. They don't. I don't know. So like, yeah, having having you got a knuckles in, like they may they may tiptoe on some like on some like Twitter like like some Twitter outrage. Uh, well, yeah, because because a bunch of four chan you know dickheads ended up appropriating it to do just like really kind of terrible stuff. It's like guys. <laughs> Uganda Knuckles, the design is already like so adorable and just like ridiculous, and you guys had to ruin it with like your little like subtextual kind of sort of pseudo races inner jokes and stuff. But yeah. anywho, with the movie, with the movie Sonic itself, it's like it should tell you where it's like even when a company has involvement or Capcom has had involvement with the Resident Evil series. And look but, how much it changes the Resident Evil series. But they were fine with it. And again, they still... Not only but, fine with it, Resident Evil, uh, Capcom rejected a script by George Romero. Rejected well, a script by George again, Romero. But George Romero was going to do a Resident Evil movie. And they were like, no, nah, nah, we're not going to go with this guy. And it's just... Man, again, it's, it's, again it's, would you say that Pokemon Detective Pikachu is the best video game movie? Mm, I know there's not a lot to compare. Wh- which one would you say? I would say Mortal Kombat. You would still say Mortal Kombat. Like it's it, it's like it's the perfect zeitgeist. I mean, like it has the right amount of cheese. Like the soundtrack. Like you, like you watch you, again. Like you watch it, and you joy for what it is. The Mortal Kombat movie kind of cheated, though. Where it, it was smart, but it cheated in that, like the reason why the movie works in a narrative way with the original Mortal Kombat is that it basically ripped off into the Dragon. It's like you might as well. I mean, you can argue that the first Mortal Kombat is a ripoff of Enter the Dragon, just with more. Like, I mean, like I mean, like Street Fighter could have easily done the exact same thing. And you wouldn't have had to deal with... With Ryu. <laughs> but no, instead yeah. we had to have Belgian Jean-Claude Van Damme as Guile. Look at the splits and dick and all that stuff. Let's get, let's get that bastard bison. I mean, I mean, like, what I mean, like, what other video... I mean, like, <laughs> like, what other video game movies can you, like, compare it to? I mean, that, that like, because you got silent. Like some people, like some people are into Silent Hill, and I mean, like even 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 with the uh, like Resident Evil, the first one is still like like it still has it has its fans. I'ma say I'ma the, the the I would say a three way tie between yeah between Pikachu, Mortal Kombat, and Silent Hill. Uh, I I would go with that because like. What all of those movies make sure to do, there's narrative issues with those films. Like with Silent Hill, mm-hmm. I feel like there's certain elements of the script that kind of hurt it. But Silent Hill is clearly an example of somebody that really admired the original Silent Hill series. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alejandre um, Aja. Aja or Aja? 
I think it's Aja. Aja. Yeah. I mean, like he, like again, he went on to do um, like the remake of. He has uh, a croc. He has Evil a cro- Dead, and then I think he's doing another remake. Of another, no, another. he's not doing a remake. He's doing that uh, alligator movie. That's uh, Sam, uh, Sam Raimi. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I saw. Yeah, I saw the trailer of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah so um, that's but the, weird. But the fact that like he he had enough admiration of the elements where it's like he actually brought on the original uh, composer for the series to help out with the music. Mm-hmm. Uh, one really cool element is you know the contortionist like baseless nurses mm-hmm. like he went out and looked for contortionists like ballet dancers mm-hmm. where like the whole way that they're able to like keep their posture and pose and like that wasn't like them like baking jerking mm-hmm. like they were actually able to like you know do that and it's like that little attention to detail where you know the, it, there's some certain really cheesy silly moments in that film but it still comes from somebody that Mm. again it's embarrassing that there's so many of these video game movies where you're it's so hard to find somebody that understands what made the video games work and just try to adapt that and i I will say detective pikachu did accomplish that it does come across as being made by people that appreciate this world that appreciate the pokemon i just feel that the the actual like detective mystery at the core of it is pretty weird and bizarre especially when it gets to the third act I mean, like, it, where it's, it's like it was so, is... it's, it's sort of weak i mean yeah i mean like again again like i would have been fine if they just like like just played up all the tropes and like do like you know just uh like just do uh you know just do like a film noir movie because i mean like there was even little touches like even like it, when they went to the diner you have jigglypuff with the microphone I know. and it's like okay like you know in a, in a film noir movie like you know you usually go into like a bar and you have like a singer it just happened to be the it's a coffee. it just so happens to be a coffee yeah. shop an, ador- yeah. an adorable caffeinated uh caffeinated pikachu with the yeah yeah, so um, I would say I like this one the most with video games. Have you seen Angry but Birds? But I admire fucking Angry Birds movie, man. That felt that movie felt like so disinterested in itself. Where like it, it felt like a movie where everybody had to make it at gunpoint. <laughs> like like it looked visually fine like if you're gonna make a cg animated yeah. angry birds movie it looked about as well as it could i but, mean it could the gameplay but, of it <laughs> but it is such it is a film that just feels like there is it is so passionless it is so nobody involved in this movie like cared about it nobody in this was like you can feel you can feel the disdain in the voice actors you can feel just like it is so cynically manu like I, I do no fuck that movie <laughs> like like i'm just I'm, it's just and they're making a sequel and it's just like grown inducing yeah. you know i'm just like sitting back where it's like it does kids don't even play angry birds anymore yeah yeah but I, I mean, guess you could argue who actually plays a Sonic game anymore other than millennials. But. but I mean, like, even then, even then, like, who are they catering that movie to? Because clearly it's not for us. No, Rov- uh, Rovio, the company behind Angry Birds. 
they Although, have to make that movie because oh, apparently no. they're hemorrhaging money badly. Well, no, I meant I meant for uh, the Sonic movie. Well, I was referring to the uh, Sonic movie, but like oh, with Rovio, what the hell is up with Rovio? Like, like hemorrhaging money? Um, because it, 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 they're spending way too much money on the games, and turns out the the reason why they're making the Angry Birds movies is because Rovio is co-producing the movies. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they need yeah. these movies to make money because, like, if this next one bombs, don't be surprised if, like, they have to lay off a good bit of their staff. They have to. E- even yeah. with the benefit of, like, Rovio is a French company, so, of mm-hmm. course, like, that's why Sony Pictures Animation made these things. They could get that sweet, sweet French film tax credit that Illumination's yeah. been exploiting for their entire existence. Uh, it- it's just that, yeah, like... The Angry Birds movie was just like one of those films that I saw where it's just like, man, like I, I imagine this was probably what people felt in the mid 80s when, you know, people that really appreciated the art form of animation saw that the highest grossing animated film was the Care Bears movie. And you just have to sit back and just be like, we got to do better than that. <laughs> I mean, like, like, I know that's again, such a pathetic. But again, funny, everyone, everyone, that. Made it, everyone made it. Like again, it's like you're looking at the time where <laughs> Disney wasn't doing wasn't doing anything, and like all your animated studios were in Canada. I get it. Novella was the was the top dog. I get it. I get it. But but I say that about Angry Birds. But then I saw the Emoji Movie, and everything I've said about the Angry Birds movie somehow triple that cynicism with the emoji movie. Dude, there's like a, t- like a whole ton of like animated films you haven't seen. Like, there's Norm of the North. Yeah, I mean, just, have you seen Nutjob? Like, some of these, like, movies? Uh, just... Nutjob 2? Nah, nah. They're making another Norm. The norm. norm. They're yeah, making another... Yeah, they're, making the, they're making another one. <laughs> yeah, just... But, but, but keeping it and just with an ending note with video game movies, right? Where... I think there, there's going to be that turnaround. It happened with comic book movies where it there came a certain point where the people that were able to make comic book movies were the people that actually read the comic books, liked the comic books, and got the comic books. Where, yeah, yeah you got something like, we, we got the Batman movies. Yeah. Uh, the Tim Burton ones, but Tim Burton wasn't actually that much of a comic book reader. He just liked the idea of Batman. I mean, and, and, then, and like and with the aesthetics that he was going for, with like the gothic, uh, the gothic twenties Art Deco, like it really, exactly. it really, like it really, exactly. like it really, like matches with what he yeah. like, like we're, what we're he moving, likes. We're moving past the days where you don't feel like I'm hoping that Pikachu's success is able to finally like break. Uh, is finally like able to break the mold where somebody it, it, it's yeah. it's generational inherently generational where like at a certain point started with like the spider-man movies right where yeah. sam remy was a guy that liked the spider-man movies he was just like just make spider-man just have yeah. him in his red and blue suit just have him there don't feel embarrassed that you're making a comic book 
But I mean, like it's being produced. But again, when you look at the Spider-Man movies, it's being produced at the same time. See, at the same time as the X-Men movie, and like Brian Singer, he had he didn't want nothing to do with the comics. Yeah, and that's why those movies haven't aged well because you right. can clearly tell that it was made by somebody that was embarrassed to make a comic book movie. Where they even have but, the joke where it's like, what, going in yellow spandex, blah, blah, blah. And but, it's like... But even but even then, you know, but at the same time, you also had the Blade movies. Like Blade 1 and Blade 2. Like, well, uh, well ju- just so we don't go too, yeah. too off. Um, the thing with the Blade movies is that the Blade character was somebody that really was already a blank yeah. template. Because he wasn't actually in the Marvel comic, mo- uh, Marvel comic comic books that much like yeah he was a character that would pop up every yeah. so often but that was a blank slate character um but in the case with video games and it's at least like a hope that i got mm-hmm. and it could happen it could happen i, I think I, I mean like generational wise the people that grew up with these video games that like them for what they are mm-hmm. and understand what makes them work in a story way in a in a way that like gets a character to like that gets a person to invest in these characters in this world, they're the ones making the movies right now. I mean, like, well, what, what would you have to say about uh, Illumination working on Mario? I think that's an okay idea. Like, I think Illumination getting their hands in it, I think they're... I don't know. I, I think it could... I, I mean, like, you have to see, like, the Doctor's adaptations. Like... The fact that Nintendo themselves are probably probably the only way that Nintendo agreed to it in the first place because remember after the Super Mario Brothers movie yeah. this is why they've waited almost 30 years to allow somebody to touch one of the properties because everybody's like oh Pokemon Nintendo no 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 remember Pokemon doesn't actually strictly belong to Nintendo they belong specifically to the Pokemon company right so the Pokemon company were the ones that were able to negotiate with legendary pictures to be able to do this film in the first yeah. place and with Nintendo, I think Nintendo is going to be so hands-on because Nintendo holds on to the properties for dear life. Like any decisions that are made with these characters, they're going to be the ones to monitor and make sure that everything is like a-okay with it. So I think Illumination is still going to try to make it an Illumination movie, but I'm confident that Nintendo is going to still be like on top of it enough to be like, but Keep it part- simple. Don't do these pop culture jokes. I don't want to see Mario doing a dab or something stupid. And okay. Nintendo is going to be the ones to be like, eh, but- Mario doesn't dab. We're not going to do like Gundam style. We're not going to do pop songs. It's like see, no. I wouldn't be surprised. But again, like knowing Illumination and they want that, they want to have the cute factor or like their minions. They'll try to, they'll try to do their best to put in the rabbits. But no, no, that's Ubisoft, Rich. But again, like they they did create like they did do a mashup. The Q character in the Mario films is gonna be Yoshi. It's gonna be Toad. It's gonna be. Like, but but it doesn't but it doesn't carry that that Rich, limited aesthetic. Rich, the Rapids aren't showing up in this film. They're not. That's Ubisoft, and Nintendo is already gonna think. You know, we're they, they're gonna have a change. They're going to have a chain. And I wouldn't be surprised if like there's a whole bunch of like conflict and back and forth between the two of them. But yeah. um, outside of that circumstance, I'm confident that just inherently generational wise, 
hopefully this is a good sign that like if we make these adaptations, these video game adaptations, and I mean, Showtime is moving ahead with a Halo miniseries adaptation. So, and and hopefully that's able to play pretty well. I'm not mm. saying we're going to get a Bioshock movie. Like, like to me, that's a tragedy that we didn't get the Bioshock movie because that plays perfectly narratively. Well, well I mean, like part, well, part of the problem is, like, like, when you look at the new Tomb Raider movie that they tried to do. What's funny about that is that you also can't really adapt the video games that are already movies to begin with. Like, they're moving at... They're but, trying but, to I mean, do the... They're trying I mean, like, to do the Uncharted movie that's going to have Tom Holland yeah. as like a younger Nathan Drake, except the Uncharted movies. No, I'm sorry. The Uncharted, Uncharted games, games plays like movies. They're already movies. So I feel like you kind of have to, it, you kind of have to like sit back but, and be like, how are you going to compel somebody to see something that they can already kind of play as a movie for 24 hours? Right. But I mean, like you kind of, but I mean, you really are limited at this point because... I mean, like, the only games that you could probably mine something, it's like you have to go back is to, like, Nintendo, 90s. Is Nintendo. And Nintendo is going like, to be super tight with those properties. I mean, like, Nintendo's not going to let anyone do, like, Legend of Zelda game. Or a movie. I mean, like, the Legend of Zelda movie. No, no. I think we're about a decade away from Legend of Zelda movie. We're, we're a good ways from that. But anywho, um, so, mm. yeah, that was our impression of pokemon detective pikachu um a little messy uh but still very adorable um i like that it establishes the world as it does um i want even poofier pikachus (laughs) i like that it's chunky pikachu (laughs) if you compare the original designs pikachu's been trimming but no he needs to be Poofy. He needs to look like a stuffed no, animal, and no, he just you, should, you should go online and see all the memes. Like everyone's like going gaga over Bulbasaur. Oh, Bulbasaur! It's like again, like again, Bulbasaur it's like is the somehow, best. somehow, like somehow, these games managed to make Bulbasaur the cutest. Aww. but uh, okay. So final note. Uh, so who was your starter with Red and Blue? With Red and Blue, I usually start off with uh, Charmander. Okay, same here. Yeah, I usually started with fire type for a lot of the original ones and yeah. that's why my favorite started to this day is still a typhlosion uh from gold and silver mm. uh just always liked his design and all that fun stuff so anywho um, um so ju- just an assessment for this following weekend uh we got a dog's journey john wick chapter three which is getting the best reviews of the series so far and the sun is also a star you're thinking of changing your predictions? You were saying Chapter 3 was going to be... 25. Opening weaker than Chapter 2. You're still sticking with that, even with the good reviews and the summer release? Yeah, I mean, unless... I mean, unless it proves me wrong. I mean, I was, like, way too nice with the hustle. I mm-hmm. mean, like I thought, you know, that with the kind of programming that there was, like, there was enough of an audience to, like, get it to that, like, get it to that range. Yeah, I was right on the money with it. So, um, I'm actually going to go a little higher with John Wick Chapter 3. I'm going to say 38, 39 mm. million. So, uh, and then you also have to, then you also have to like, uh, like look, at, uh, look at Detective Pikachu. Yeah. Like, it's still going second run, and, like, people are still going out to see uh, Avengers. Like, so. Yeah. yeah. 
So should be should be fun in the movie theaters. I mean, <laughs> I'm not gonna be able to see John Wick myself until yeah. Monday. So nobody tell me what happens to like, the dog, or I'm gonna throw a brick into your temple. Well, Do I mean, not like, tell what, me well, what happens to the dog. One of, like one of our good friends, uh, she managed to like uh, manage to got in uh, like managed to watch uh, Endgame uh, last week. I mean, like this pr- past weekend, and she wasn't spoiled. Like she managed to like. Miss yeah, all the everybody. Beams. Everybody really, really, really behaved with in-game. Uh, while, but, and this is kind of <laughs> a teaser of our following episode. We are gonna do the Game of Thrones recap for the following podcast. So buckle up; it's gonna be a doozy. You don't want to talk about Game of Thrones now? I do not want to talk about Game of Thrones now. Oh come we, on! No, we gotta have the pure emotion. Okay, pure emotion, Reg. Why? Pure emotion leading towards it. So all right, you're well, gonna you're gonna get it raw. Right when the series ends, so all right, yep, this all right. is uh, all right, all right, all right, all right. So, good news we're officially on iTunes now mm-hmm. or Apple Podcasts. So, um, make sure to follow us, make sure to give us a listen, share us around. We're on SoundCloud, we're on Spotify now, and we're well, we've been on Spotify for about two weeks now. Thank yeah. you so much for following us and listening to us, and now we're on Apple Podcasts. So uh, just be able to search for us, uh, Box Office Bootleg. Follow us, like us, share us, all the good signs. Yes, thank you so the much. The only for podcast that your... doesn't have a Patreon. Not yet, not yet. Uh, <laughs> we just admire your love and support at this point. So uh, thanks again. This is uh, the latest episode of Box Office Bootleg. I'm your co-host Robert signing off. And this is because Reggie. Good night, everyone. Good night.